Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Let's, let's stay standing as we listen to the Word of the Lord. Matthew 22. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention, went off, one to his farm, another one to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them with shame and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Today, we are talking about going and reaching the lost. My message is called Go Reach the Lost. It's going to be a simple but heavy message this morning. So let's pray. Lord, we just lift you up right now. We pray that your spirit uh, dwell in this sanctuary. That what I am speaking is not my words, but your words. That you speak through me. That you tell me what to say. You tell me what not to say. And that my words do not fall on deaf ears. Lord, Holy Spirit, translate what needs to be translated. Stop what needs to be stopped. And speak what needs to be spoken. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, let's give our God a shout of praise. Because He is more than able. So good. As you're finding your seats, turn to the person next to you and say, are you lost? Because sometimes we can get so focused on our worship, we can end up two or three seats away from where we started. Everyone found their seats? We're all good. So good. I, I just want to give a huge welcome to all of our guests in the building. Come on, Elevation Church, let's give them a warm welcome. We are so excited that you have joined us today. Uh, even, even if you are not sure why we worship this Jesus or why we worship the way we worship, we, we are so glad that you've decided to join us this morning. My name is Ben and I am the worship and the young adults pastor here at Elevation Church Hills. And <laughs> this guy. Um, thanks, Jar. I've lost my place now. But yeah, we just want to give you a warm welcome um, 
So excited that you can join us today because you have joined us in the middle of our series, Go. As Sunny so eloquently put it before, so I don't have to talk about it again, it is a series that we don't want to just look inward. We want to look inward and we want to care for the people within our four walls, but we want to shift our focus outward. We want to be looking outward beyond these four walls to what is going on outside of these four walls. So the first week we had Pastor Craig Rochelle bring a message on influence, that uh, influence Influences are not just people on Instagram or TikTok that are trying to get you to buy something, but each and every one of us is an influencer. We have a sphere of influence at and we should be influencing for the glory of God. And then last week we had Pastor Miles talk on go find your calling because we are all called to something. And when we do it with our, with our most strength, with our excellence, and we do it as worship, it glorifies God. Whether we feel like we aren't in the right place or whether we know we are in the right place, we, when we do it as worship, we glorify God. And then today, we are talking about go reach the lost. I think this is one of the most important messages that we can preach or hear. Because when we talk about go, uh, go find your calling, that can change your life. Next week, we're talking about go uh, love your neighbor, which will change their life. And then last week, we're talking about go make disciples. That will also change somebody else's life. But when we go reach the lost, it can change someone's eternity. Not just their life, but their eternity. And as God says, we are just a mist here on earth. The time that we spend in eternity is far, far greater than the time that we spend here. So when we affect people's eternities, it is... Uh, it is one of the greatest things that we get to do. So go reach the lost. This, can, this idea is all found in what we call the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission. Has everyone heard of the Great Commission? Hands up. No, no one's heard of the Great Commission. Okay, there we go. Some of us have heard of it. Awesome. As Sam told us last week, it is not the great suggestion. It is not the great optional extra. It's not the add-on to our life. It is the Great Commission. Right, It is the Great Commission and we are all called to do it. And if you don't know what the Great Commission is, it is found in uh, Matthew 28. It can also be found in Mark 16. But in Matthew 28, it says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'll be with you until the end of the age. And then in, in Mark 16, he says, go into all the world and proclaim or preach the gospel to all creatures. This is the Great Commission. In this moment, Jesus is saying, I have made you disciples. Now you go and make disciples. I have told you about me. Now you go tell others about me. The Great Commission, simply put, is telling others about Jesus. That is what the Great Commission, telling others about Jesus. And then in verse 20, it says, and teach them to do all that I've commanded, all that I've commanded, including what I've just told you. <laughs> I've just told you to go reach the lost. I've just told you to go pro proclaim the gospel, teach others to do just the same. So who preaches the gospel? Who proclaims the good news? Who reaches the lost? You and I, we all do. It's not just a certain group of people. We all are called to fulfill the Great Commission. 
And we see that here in this parable, this parable in Matthew 22 of the great uh, wedding banquet or the wedding feast. So the king, he, he wants to have a, a feast. He wants to do, have a wedding for his son. So he sends out invitations. He sends out the invitations and he gets the RSVPs. Most of them are yes, some of them are the no's. And then he's like, all good. So he starts getting ready. He's getting his servants to prepare the food, to prepare the tables, just to really like, you know, get ready. And then once everything is ready, he then sends them out again. He's like, go, go tell them that, that it's ready. Go tell them to come. Because in first century, uh, uh, the Mediterranean, uh, there would always be two invitations. One would say, hey, do you want to come? And the next one is like, hey, it's now time to come. So he sent out this second invitation, say, it's ready. Like the, it, the food's hot, it's good to go, come. It's time to eat. All you have to do is come. All you have to do is come. So the servants go out and they start hearing uh, all these excuses. People that have once said yes are now saying no. They're like, oh, um, actually, I, I need to go. I need to go feed my cattle or I need to go uh, like deal with my land. I just bought land. I actually just got married. So thank you for coming to my wedding, but I can't come to your wedding, right? Or it's time to wash my hair. I just can't be there right now. Like, I don't know about you, but this sounds an awful lot like my wedding. So me and my wife, we had a bit of a longer engagement, longer than the normal Christian three months. Um, And... Uh, so we sent out the invitations early. We're like, hey, this is the date. Get ready. So we got our RSVPs back. We're like, awesome. This is the, has many people that can come. Let's get ready. So we were getting ready. We are paying the deposits. Everything was good. Everything was paid for. And then no word of a lie. The day before our wedding, we were literally setting up the tables, putting out the decorations, getting ready for the people that were coming. And we started getting text messages. Oh, I'm really sorry. Can't come. I'm a bit sick. I'm like, come on, man. COVID's not for five years. We're all good. (laughs) And then we get other messages. I can't come. I'm working now. But you've known for a year. Why are you now working? Right? So we started getting these messages. I can't come. I can't come. I can't come. So like, whatever. We're just going to send out messages to everyone that, that we think wants to come. So we started sending messages out to the people that originally said no, some people that we couldn't originally invite. And every message we got back was like, yes, I am there. I am there, 100%. I'm there because we love you and we want to be there for you on this day. Has anyone else experienced that for their wedding? Where people just like the day before, everyone's, someone's like, I'm like, that was me. Like where like you just like the day before, you're like, ah, oh, I can't come. Or like the day of, I can come now. And then they can't be actually not prepared for them. That's awkward. Yeah. (laughs) That was really loud. I won't say who it was. Uh, But yeah, like this is what happens. And this is what the king is going through. He sent out the invitations. He's ready. But then they say no. So we pick up the story in verse 8. Then the king said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready. But those invited were not worthy. Go. Therefore, it's the same two words used in the Great Commission. Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. So what we see here is we see two groups of people. We see the king and we see the servants. So, And as we read in verse 1 and 2, all parables are talking about the kingdom. All, talk, all talking about something to do with the kingdom, whether it's a kingdom principle or it's talking about how we live life in the kingdom or how the kingdom's going to expand. So if this parable is talking about the kingdom of God, the king must be 
God. And if the king is God, the servants are his followers. The servants are you and I. We are the ones called to go out and invite. And in this story, the king has a mission. He has a mission to have a wedding feast for his son. So he sends out the servants as a part. He invites his servants into his mission and then sends them out to invite others into the mission. Have you ever thought about that? That when God calls you to fulfill the Great Commission, He's actually inviting you into His mission? He's inviting you into His story. The same mission and story that it has been since Genesis 1 all the way through to Revelation. To expand the borders of Eden until the end of the earth. To expand the presence of heaven on earth. And this is not just some metaphysical concept where it's like, oh, this is like a slice of heaven. No, no, this is a real tangible heaven invading earth and setting up dominion on earth where it belongs. And at one time, that heaven and earth will become one. That's why Jesus says, go, pray as on earth as it is in heaven. It's not just some passing comment. It is His mission. He's saying, pray into my mission. This is my mission, so pray for it. So we are invited into God's mission. We are invited into His story. And He is up to something. He is up to something in this country. He is up to something in this city. He's up to something in this church. And He wants to be up to something in you. He wants to be up to something in your family. He wants to be up to something in your workplace. He wants to be up to something uh, in, your, in your schools, in your universities. He wants to be up to something. He is up to something. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of it. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and, and just see it all happening. God is off to something and He's calling people to go. And I want to be a part of His story. I want to be a part of His mission. See, our denomination, INC, International Network of Churches, or as it used to be called, COC, Christian Outreach Channel, and sometimes I accidentally call it that. Um, it's called COC. And what behind me will be, and this was our original logo. Uh, with Australia and the cross and the hands. And this is, this was our shared vision. Australia for Christ. That is our shared vision. And for the last 49 years, it has been the same shared vision. We want to see Australia for Christ. That's how it started and that's how it's going to finish. It started with one man wanting people in his world to know Christ and now it's one movement wanting the nation to know Christ. This is a mission that I want to be a part of. This is a vision I want to be a part of. I want to see my friends know Christ. I want to see my, the people in my street know Christ. I want to see my, my uh, school friends know Christ. I want to see this nation, Australia, for Christ. So when God gives us the Great Commission, it's actually an invitation. An invitation to partner with Him. And it's not just the pastors. It's not just the leaders. It's not just Miles and Bonnie. It's not just your life group leaders. It's not just people that have Bible degrees. If you have decided to follow Jesus, if you have decided to call Jesus your King, Jesus your Saviour, you are called to go. You were called to reach the lost. You were called to make disciples. You were called to go into all the world. And I know that can be very intimidating. Go into all the world? Like, I can't feel this unless I go to America. 
like I want to go into America, but sometimes when people tell you now you have to do it, you don't really want to go, right? Like I want to go to America, but you're telling me now I have to go, now I don't want to. But that's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what God is saying. In uh, Acts 1.8, He says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The first place He talks about is Jerusalem. He is saying to you, You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You'll be my witnesses in your city. You'll be my witnesses in your street. You'll be my witnesses in your workplace. You'll be my witnesses in your universities. You'll be my witnesses in your schools. Wherever you place your feet, that is all the worlds. You don't have to go overseas to go into all the world. You just have to walk out your door. That is all the world. Everywhere we walk is all the world. But... But when we think of Christianity as a way of life, something that we can put on, something we can take off, it's like, I'll wear it on Sunday, but you know, when I'm in the traffic on Monday, I probably can't wear it. Um, I put it on, put it off. When we think of it just as a way of life, we can get really comfortable. We can get really lazy and we can become uninterested in the things of God. And I, I, I know I do it too sometimes. Like, like my job as a pastor, most of the people that I talk to are Christians. All of my colleagues are Christians. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I also work in a school, but it's a Christian school. So like most of the people that I talk to are Christians. I have to go out of my way to make sure I talk to people that don't know Jesus, I know I can get in my bubble. It can become comfortable. Talking to people that love Jesus about Jesus is easy. Talking to people who don't love Jesus about Jesus is hard. And even in the hills, man, this is the Bible Belt. This is God's country, right? Like the amount of people that you would know that have either grown up in church, went to school at a Christian school or go to church now, that's probably most of your friends. But when? We are surrounded by a hurting, broken, dying world. We need to get out of our bubble. We need to get out of our bubble. When people don't know Jesus, we can't get comfortable. When we realise that it's not just a way of life, but it is a matter of life and death, we need to not be lazy. When, when we are surrounded by this hurting world that is honestly getting more and more messed up by the day, and we have the answer we have the answer to their problems, we cannot become uninterested. We need to go out and reach the lost. Because here's the thing. Hell is real. Hell is a very, very real place. And very real people are going there every day. In verse 13, it says, Then the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of, of teeth. Don't let a TikTok fool you. Don't go down a YouTube rabbit hole and like learn from people that don't know the truth. Jesus spoke about hell. He spoke about it constantly and he spoke about it boldly because it is a real place that real people are going to. In Matthew 25, 46, he describes it as a place of eternal punishment. 
It's not a place you go, then after a little while you can then leave. It's not a place you go to and then you uh, disappear. No, no, no. It's a place that people are going to and will stay in for their eternity, separated from Jesus. But how blessed, how blessed are we to know that there's another option? How blessed are we to know that there is a God who came down, died for you, so we don't have to spend eternity separated from Him? All because someone took the time to talk to you. All because someone took the time to tell you about Jesus or invite you to church or a church event. Do you remember the first time you heard about Jesus? You weren't really sure about this whole Jesus thing, but someone talked to you about it. Do you remember the first time that Jesus became real to you? That moment when God came crashing into your life? He came crashing into your life. And in that moment, you were just drawn to the Creator, knowing that He has all the answers, that He loved you and He still loves you and He will always love you. He created you. And your heart was just turned and affixed towards your first love. Do you you remember that moment? Because we want to see those moments in this building. We want to see those moments in our life groups. We want to see those moments in the streets where people have that revelation, that realisation that Jesus is who He says He is. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is real and we need to tell people Because we were all once like that guy uh, in the parable who was bound and on their way to hell. But Jesus stepped in. He stepped in and He said, no, 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 there's another way. Because I love you, I will die for you. And now we have, have this gift. We have this free gift. We have this treasure living inside of us and we have the audacity not to tell anyone about it like we earned it. It was a free gift gift, a free gift of grace. And we need to be telling people about it. In Ephesians 2.8, it says that for grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. You have this gift, not by your own doing. You have this gift because God gave it to you. So now we need to go and tell others about it. We have been called to go. We've been called to go. We've been called to go into the world, to go preach the gospel. We've been called to go make disciples. And I want to see Australia for Christ, not because I made it up, because that's what God wants to see. In this passage, the King says, go and tell everyone. Go and tell anyone and bring them in. Anyone that would listen, anyone that would listen to you, come in, bring them in. When we read the parable of uh, the sowing of the seeds and some of them end up on the, on, the, on the path, some of them end up in the weeds, some of them around rose bushes, some of them are on good soil. Sometimes we can think that, oh, you know what? I just got to go find the good soil. I got to wait until I go see the good soil. No, no, no. That parable is saying, throw your seeds out. Throw them out. Be generous. Just keep going. Throw them out. Throw them out. And some of them will find good soil. 
Some of them will find their path, but some of them will find good soil. I want to see Australia for Christ because that's what God wants to see. And you're probably thinking, that's all well and good, but I just don't know how. I don't know how to do that. So as the band come, I want to give us a quick, some quick tips, some quick tips of how we can share about our faith, how we can share of this great Saviour. So has anyone heard the phrase, uh, preach the gospel and use words if necessary? Yep. I love the heart behind it because we need to be acting in line with the gospel. We need to be acting the way Jesus wants us to act. And we need to be in this continual process of becoming more and more like Jesus every day. If we're not becoming like Jesus, there's an issue with our faith. But I hate the saying because it tells something that the Bible doesn't tell us. Use words if necessary. It's saying you don't actually need to tell anyone about Jesus. Just, you know, act like it. And that's not what we see in the Bible. In Romans 10, uh, in Romans 10 verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I'm going to stop there. That is good news. Because it's not up to you if somebody is saved. It is up to them. It is, up to, it is a decision between them and God. If they call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Verse 14, How then will they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Verse 17. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the Word of Christ. Words matter. It's not use words if necessary. It's use words because they are necessary. We need to be preaching the gospel. We need to be telling people about Jesus. Because as we read in Ephesians 2 8 before, it says we are saved by grace through faith. But now we've read we cannot create faith unless someone first speaks. So for grace to come and faith to come, we need to be speaking the gospel. We need to be proclaiming the good news. And even the word gospel, good news, it comes from the Greek word evangelion. Evangelion was a piece of information that was spoken or proclaimed or shouted to a group of people in the first century. So there's actually a gospel or a good news of Caesar. So Caesar wrote it down, gave it to his servants, and he said, go out into the Mediterranean and proclaim this word to people. Preach this word to people. Go tell everyone about this good news. So the word evangelion or the word gospel or the word good news literally means to speak. If we want to evangelize, if we want to be evangelists, if we want to tell people about Jesus, we need to use our words. We need to use our words because faith comes by hearing. Now, I just want to give you some quick three tips on, and I promise they're going to be quick because I know pastors, they'll be like, oh, it's quick. And then it's like another 40 minutes. But I promise it's like five minutes. Three tips on how we are able to use our words well, how we are able to use our words confidently. Now, if you're in a life group, we're actually about to roll out this, uh, this resource called Sharing Jesus Confidently. What we... What the course is, is literally in the name, sharing Jesus confidently. 
So if you're in a life group, that's going to be rolled out over the next couple of months. So please keep your eyes open for that. If you are not in a life group, come speak to us after the service because we want to get you into a life group. We want to get you into a small group that you can do life with so you can have relationships with these people that when you are going through stuff, you can be praying. they can be praying for you. And when they are going through stuff, you can be praying for them. But we also want to equip you. We want to equip you and this is how we're going to be rolling it out. So please, if you aren't in a life group, come speak to us at the Welcome Lounge after the service. But I want just three tips. You ready? This is how we do it. Number one, you need to, go, you need to know your story. Number two, you need to know His story. And number three, you need a next step. What is your story? Your testimony. What has Jesus done in your life that others need to hear about it. For me, I was brought up in a single parent household. I didn't know my dad until I was 21. I was brought up in this cycle of divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. That, is my, that was my life and that should have been my future. But God came down. He came crashing into my life and He said, that's not the way it's gonna be for you. I'm calling you out because I love you and I've sent my son to die for you. And in that moment, I realised that it wasn't just in that moment He was being there for me. My whole life, He has been there for me. Even when I didn't know He was there, He was there. And He was always steering me towards Him. And it just took a moment for me to know that Jesus loved me, that Jesus wanted me. And ever since that moment, my life has turned around and now I'm living in the life that Jesus has called me to, a life of flourishing. I have an amazing family, amazing wife, amazing kids, and we are not going to be the same as my my parents, not the same as my grandparents because Jesus came into my life and turned me around. That's my story. 30 seconds, 60 seconds, just know your story. What is His story? God, He's the Creator of the universe. He created everything. He created you. He created me. But we were then sinned and we were separated from the presence of God. We were separated from our Father, from our Creator. So He sent His Son to put on flesh, to live a perfect life, to die, to pay the price that we could not pay, to pay the debt that that we were unable to pay, that His blood can wash away your sin. He died, He rose again on the third day and He ascended back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And then He sent out an invitation to anyone that would listen. Come to the great wedding feast. All you have to do is answer the call. That is His story. And then you need a next step. It could look like something as simple as, man, I want to talk to you more about Jesus. How about we catch up for coffee next week? I'll pay. It's on me. I just want to talk to you about Jesus and what He's done for you. Or, hey, why don't you bring your family over to my house and your family and my family, we can, we, we, we can have dinner and we can chat about everything that God's done for you, everything that God can do for you because He loves you. Or invite them to your life group. Hey, I actually attend or lead this small group and we meet every two weeks where we just get together, we talk about how we're going and we also talk about Jesus and what He's done. And I'd love for you to come. I'd love to invite you to this place or invite them to church. 
And don't just go, hey, come to church this weekend. No, no, no. If someone's inviting me to a party, I need to know when it is, where it is, who's going to be there, how long it's going to go for, uh, and why we're even having this party. Maybe in my 20s, I would go to whatever party, but not anymore. You need to tell me all of these details before I'm going to go. And it's the same for church. It's not just, hey, come to church. Because there's different uh, outworkings of what we view church. So, hey man, I'd love to invite you to church this weekend. Uh, I go to Elevation Church. It's in Castle Hill. It's in, uh, in the industrial area behind these car wreckers. It's great. There's so much parking to come along. We have a service at 10 a.m., 5 p.m. Let me know when you want to come because I'll be there and you can sit with me. You can sit with me because I don't want you to be alone. Let me know. Come and I'll sit with you. We need a next step because everybody has a next step. That's why we finish our service with next steps because every single person in this room has a next step. So we need to give a next step to people that we are calling home, that people that God is calling home. But my favourite part of the Great Commission is that we don't do it alone. We don't do it by ourselves. In Acts 1.8, He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on, we can get excited. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. This power, this Holy Spirit, is not just for miracles. It is not just for signs, for wonders. It is so we can boldly proclaim the Gospel. It is so we have the words to preach the Gospel. It's so we know who to talk to, who not to talk to, when to push, when to pull back. The Holy Spirit will be with us because when Jesus went back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, He sent the Holy Spirit to live with us, to live inside us, to be the power because it's not by your might, it's not by your strength, it is by His Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I did not come with lofty words. I came with some words, but not lofty words. But I came with a demonstration of His power. And Jesus said, I will build my church, not you. I'll build my church. All you need to be is available and willing for me to work through you. And I will build my church. You watch. And I've been watching and He's building His church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell will never prevail because Jesus is victor. Jesus is Lord. That is what the book of Revelation is all about. It is not a weird book about the end of the world. It is a book about the victory of Jesus Christ. He has won and He's going to keep winning and He's going to win in the end. And we're on the winning side. That is the power that runs through you. That is the power that runs through your body in order so we can reach the lost, in order so we can go make disciples, so we can go into all the world and preach the Gospel and call people back to their first love. So let's stand. I want to pray for you. And if you're comfortable, I just uh, let's raise our hands to heaven. Lord, I pray for each and every person in this room that you just fill them with a boldness to be able to reach the lost, to be able to make disciples, to be able to go into all the world and preach your good news because it is good news worth hearing. I pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh power, a fresh fire to fill every single person in this room because it is not by our might, it is not by our strength, it is by your Spirit, saith the Lord.
and still praying. I never want to miss an opportunity because we've been talking about going to reach the lost, but I believe there are people in this building that maybe don't know Jesus or have uh, run away from Jesus. But He wants to tell you that He loves you. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. He didn't just make it up one day and go, you know what, I'll just send my son. No, no, no. From beginning of time, He said, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my son and he's going to die because I love my creation that much. So if you're in the building today and you don't know this Jesus or you've once known Him and, you, and you've walked away from Him, you just feel like, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to do it my own. I'm going to do it by myself. I don't need you. He loves you so much that He died for you to pay the price that you could not pay, to wipe away your sins. So all you have to do is respond to the invitation. And with eyes closed, if that's you, if you're feeling in your heart that you're just being called home today, if you're calling, uh, if God is calling you back to Him, calling you to Jesus, to start this relationship with Him, to start this journey with Him, I just ask you boldly to raise your hand wherever you are. Not so we point you out, just so we know who we're praying with. If that's you in this place, I just ask you to raise your hand so we can see. Just a couple more moments. So good. Well, if you did make a decision, if you do want to know more about this, please come and speak uh, to one of the pastors or leaders at the Welcome Lounge uh, after the service. It's just outside these doors, uh, underneath the two big TVs. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to connect with you and help you on this journey. But right now, we're going to open the altar. Our prayer team, if you could come out and just fill the front. Our prayer team are going to pray with you and pray for you. And I believe there's a few things that God wants to be, God, God wants us to be praying for this morning. Number one, I believe God wants to heal some people of church hurt. I believe God wants to heal some people of some church trauma. That uh, a past church or maybe a current church may have hurt you. And, and it's not that you don't want people to know Jesus. It's not that you don't want to go reach people for Jesus. It's that you don't know if you want to call them to church. But I just want to let you know that church is full of broken people, but there is a God that is not broken. That there is a God that is not ever going to be different to what He is now. He is perfect and He can heal anything that is inside of you, whether it be uh, mental, emotional, physical, so that's the first one. I, I believe that God wants to heal some people of church trauma this morning. Number two, we want to, I want to pray for some people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We call it baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see it in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came into the world, uh, He filled people with, a, with His Holy Spirit to give them power. That's what we just talked about before. But then in Acts 4, the same people that were filled in Acts 2 came back for a refilling a refilling for boldness to be able to go out into the world and preach the gospel. So if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit before, but you just feel like you need a new, a new infilling of the Holy Spirit, a new boldness, a new courage to be able to go out into the world, or if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, we want, we want to pray for you this morning. And thirdly, I want to pray for intercession. If we're honest, how many people here 
know somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Come on. I know people that don't know Jesus. I need to be more intentional with them. But you know where I'm going to start? I'm going to start praying for them. So we're going to pray for those people. If you have people that you're standing in the gap for, people that you're believing to come to know Jesus, we want to pray for you. So if you are in any one of those three uh, categories, as we sing this song, please come out the front. Please come out the front so we can pray for you and we can intercede for you and we can pray with you because we don't serve a God that doesn't listen. We serve a God that listens. We, we seek the Lord. He answers. And that's why we trust Him. So as the band sings, as we worship with song, come out the front so we can pray for you. Thanks, team.